Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. With me, my brother, Brian Jackson, the Alan. aforementioned Brothers in Tech. How are you doing, Brian? Good, Alan. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Yeah. Doing good. We're back at Long it. no talk. Yeah. No, it's been forever since we've talked. Um, <laughs> it's at least been a few minutes or, minutes? you know, so yeah. it's been yeah. quite a while. Yeah. Well, uh, it's good to have you here again, Brian. Thanks for, thanks for joining in and, uh, uh kind of, uh, with our conversations here on the brothers in tech show. I'm glad I for can those of you just... your day, Alan, to brighten your day. Yeah. Is what I'm here for. Well, well, that's, that's why we do the show. It's really just a chance for us to catch up. So, and talk about <laughs> something we're, we enjoy talking about, which is technology. Yep. Brian, I thought about it the other day. It's almost like the show is basically just what you and I do during family get togethers, just yeah. recorded for other people to listen in now. Yeah. So, yeah. And so for everybody, you're welcome. Yeah. You are welcome <laughs> for, for getting, for getting a, a look into uh, our conversations. Really, honestly, do we ever talk about anything but this? I mean, if we get together, like seriously, no. do, do we? Not really. No, no not really. Talk about like family issues. No, we don't. Really yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit, <laughs> maybe, you know, yeah, they're technology problems. <laughs> So yeah, exactly. it's more from that angle. Uh, so Brian, we spent a really good long time in our last episode talking about computers and just computing devices. And it may sound very elementary, but I think we went through a lot of good information on just different types of form factors of computers, desktops, laptops, tablets, phones, kind of all the ins and outs of those good applications for them. But we kind of also didn't spend any time in that episode talking about the actual operating systems. Now, some people listening to that maybe hear that term operating system and their eyes are already glazing over. Right. Operating system is what you actually see when you're using the computer. Um, believe it or not, you know, the, the hardware is somewhat independent from the actual system you use when you turn on the computer and you're navigating and folders and mice and keyboards and everything else. That is an operating system. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The different types of operating systems. Most people know Windows and they know or have heard of Mac. But we're also going to talk about one or two others that they may not be as familiar with. And also just talk about the general pros and cons of these different operating systems. Uh, kind of what may be a good fit for different types of people and what we personally have some preferences on. So we're going to talk operating systems today in our first deep dive episode. Sound good, Brian? Sounds good. Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, I, I like the fact that we started out our last episode with the factor, the form factor, right? It's like, what's the size and the structure of what you're going to buy? Now we're talking about the inside, right? What it's going to do and how it's going to do it. Uh, and I think that's, that's an important thing. And I think uh, it's not, it's not a trivial piece of this decision uh, no. for a lot of people. And I think many people think about the form factor and like, oh, well, I want a laptop give me the least expensive laptop. But if the way you interact with that laptop may be, uh, may kind of change your decision as to what you're, what you're going to buy. So that's true. Well, let's go ahead and just start right in and talking about, uh, the first operating system we want to explore, which is windows. Mm -hmm. This is Microsoft windows. Uh, this is kind of the ubiquitous windows. I mean, gosh, it's been around since early nineties, like in more of a consumer level format. Um, Windows 95 coming out right about 1995 mm -hmm. was probably the big where everybody really started to see Windows become the big operating system that was almost everywhere. I mean, at one point it had 90 some percent market share of every computer sold was running Windows. Okay. And Windows is still obviously around. It's still a very, very uh, dominant operating system. It's still carried on. In general, more computers are sold with Windows on it than any other operating system. Yeah. So with Windows, we're up to the latest version, which is Windows 10. Mm -hmm. um, Windows, I think, is kind of moving away from it being a purely numbered version. I've noticed that they've done a lot more big updates to your existing Windows where they put new features and functionality without necessarily feeling like they've got to go with a whole point number system for the naming, which is something we'll talk about with the other operating systems as well. Um, Windows 10. So Brian, you and I both have access to Windows. We both have used it before. I think we both feel like we're fairly uh, comfortable and knowledgeable about Windows in general. It is really, I think the biggest thing about Windows that you need to know about is that um, it's probably the most ubiquitous in that 
you can install Windows on most, most all computers that you can buy these days, with the exception of one, which is Mac. Um, you know, you can't just natively install Windows on a Macintosh computer yeah, you have to do uh, without some without some hardships or some some other workarounds you got to do. Um, but otherwise, you get a Dell, you get a HP, you get a Acer, Asus, any of these other manufacturers. Windows is going to be either what's going to come pre-installed on it or one that you can easily install Windows on it, yep. and it's going to work. So um, what are some pros, Brian, with, with Windows, you feel like? What are some things that really make Windows a good option for some people to consider? Well, maybe before the, the operating system kind of specifics itself, I think you just mentioned one, which is you get a lot more options of the computer that you can buy if you're willing to go with a Windows machine, right? If you're, if you're looking and you say, you know what, I don't, I don't mind using Windows. I, I don't mind that operating system. I'm comfortable with it. You now have lots of options. You, should, you can go and look at lots of different companies and they're going to uh, be able to install Windows. So I think that's that's great. That also kind of provides some confusion sometimes where people say, hey, I have a Dell. And really what kind of they're suggesting is I have a Windows or I have a PC, yeah. right? And they have all of this kind of that, that get a little convoluted. But I think Windows, I think most people know how to operate on a Windows machine. At least, you know, they, they understand the start menu. They understand that there is kind of a, a structure that you're going to search through my computer and all of that. So I think that just the the history, the fact that it's around and it's on so many machines, it has been, um, that it makes it you know, easy for someone to jump on and at least be able to, to navigate. Um, yeah. So I think that makes it somewhat of a pro. Now, again, you know, I'm a Mac person, you're, you're a Mac person, uh, and I don't like Windows personally, but that's only because yeah. I'm really you know, prefer the Macintosh version of things. But when I go on like Windows 10, Windows 10 has done a nice job, I think, of making it even more user-friendly, uh, a little bit more, um, I hate to say it's more Mac-like, but I feel like it is to where it's a little easier to be able to get to the things that you want to get to instead of having to understand the language, you know, of what, yeah. the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it, if I'm going to find this, it's going to be called this, right? You don't have to know as much about that. It's a little easier to be able to get to those things. So. What about you? I mean, I, I use Windows, uh, I, I would not say daily, I'd say maybe weekly, I end up yeah. using Windows machines right. in, my, in my lab, uh, or my lab uh, we have some Windows machines because there's a lot of things, science-based technology yeah. that only works on a Windows device because mm -hmm. uh, they're not willing to, to make it kind of cross-platform. But uh, yeah. so I have some experience with it, but it's, it's still, it's usable. It's just not... It's not my preference, but at the same point, it's right. it's it's gotten solid. I like Windows 10. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, you, it used to be the old adage was, Brian, is that if you wanted to do creative work, photos, videos, other types of things like that, you don't want to go Windows. You want to go Mac. Well, honestly, I think that's all out the window. Yeah. I, I think I think in terms of functionality, what these operating systems can do. Windows can do everything Mac can do and vice versa. I, I think they're, you know, they're both very good and adept at any type of application that they're able to run. Um, so for that standpoint, you know, any, if I had restarted my computing career back in the day and Mac and Windows were kind of at the same level they are now, and I was starting fresh, um, I would, con I would consider them both kind of equal. I would look at them and say, you know what? All right. It's just a matter of preference, which one looks and feels better to me than anything it wouldn't be a question of what can I do on it? Right. It's more of a question of what do I prefer? What do I like better interface and icons and usability? Um, I think the fact that there's a lot of legacy programs, like meaning older applications, older programs you mentioned at your lab, some very specific ones that um, developing it on windows was easier. And so now they're available on windows and they're not going to be available on other operating systems does make windows a good choice, especially if you've got some of those older applications, you know, you're going to need to work with. Um, I think you're going to find more acceptability to use them on windows than you will on other platforms. A lot more businesses are connected with windows. So, I mean, if you are, 
very, very much wanting to make sure your computer is integrating with a work network environment that's all other Windows computers, you're going to find a much easier time doing it if you yourself run Windows versus being on Mac or some other system and trying to integrate with it. Again, that's changing where with everything being so internet and web-based, operating system is not as critical to how well you communicate to other computers, but it's still a factor. It's still something where if all things are being held equal and if I've got a workplace that is all windows computers and I'm needing a personal computer for myself and I occasionally need to interact with those work computers, then I'm going to go with a windows computer just to make it as compatible as possible and easy for me to work with. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest messaging here about windows, Brian, for us as Mac users is to say that there's not really any hard reason not to go with windows other than personal preference. That I don't feel like these days, yeah. um, yeah. you know, all th other things being equal, I think you, you can't go wrong going with windows. And I think it's a lot easier in, um, operating system than, than it has been to use in the past. Yeah. Now, also that being said. No, go ahead. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's a little, it's potentially a little easier to customize in terms of being able to do. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's a really important distinction between Mac and windows, because we said earlier, windows is created to work on lots of different devices. So a Dell device can say, yep, I'm going to use this software. You can't do that with a Mac software and you can't do that with a Mac computer. Those are tied together. They're locked out. They pretty much lock you out of being able to do those things. There's pros and cons, mm -hmm. there, right? Locking out kind yeah. of means that it's a little bit more uh, assured that it's going to work effectively, the Mac side, but you're going to pay for it and you've got limited options. Whereas the Windows, you got more options. And you have to kind of realize that there may be some tinkering you have to do in order to keep it up true. to date. Yeah, all right, you know, so, I mean, the, the whole well, the history of true. the, the, um, the viruses, right? The history of the viruses the idea within computers was that, oh, Windows is the one that always gets hit by the virus. Well, that was just because 90% of the world was on Windows. And so anybody That's creating right. a virus was going to create it for the 90%, not for the 10%. So, exactly, uh, yeah. So anyway, well, I, I, I agree with you. I do agree that the Mac is more closed off and where windows is great, where you really want to go in and customize things. You want to adjust things. I'll say, and we're I know we're going to get to Mac in a minute. I think Mac has gotten better yeah. at letting you go under the hood a little bit more. We'll talk about kind of some of the capabilities there, but it's still nowhere near when, where windows is. Windows is truly, if you want to customize every aspect of your computing experience, I think you're going to have more options for doing that in windows than you will in Mac. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think there's definitely some advantages. Again, I don't, it used to be, I would not recommend windows back when, uh, it was windows, uh, especially like 98 and then it got into Vista and they got all that. I had a hard time recommending windows if somebody was looking to get up a, a computer for themselves, unless there was a really hard reason they needed it. Nowadays, I'm, I'm have no problem saying, you know what, with windows 10 and where they are right now. I think it's good. The yeah. plug and play is a lot better where it used to be. It was a real pain to install a new piece of hardware or equipment. Right. Plug and play is much better now where you can pop it in and it, it does a lot more automatic configuration for you. So yeah, I, I don't have any reason not to recommend windows anymore that I used to have a few years ago. So. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was just like we talked about in our last episode that the dongles are kind of the bane of our existence you know, drivers used to be the bane of my existence with, you know, having to figure out, oh, I'm going to connect this. Let me go try to search for the right driver to put in that allows yeah. it to connect. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's gotten much better. I, I agree. And, um, and, you know, of course you, again, you get a lot more, um, a lot more options if you're willing to go with windows, you're just a lot well, more hard uh, hard hardware options to be able to access more hardware technically more software options mm -hmm. and uh and also service and support more people out there can probably help service a windows computer or a computer running windows than maybe ones who are running mac mac you you got to find somebody who's actually an authorized mac reseller where pretty much anybody working on computers i think is going to be open and offering to help work on a windows computer so now that all being said, there's a lot of pros with Windows. I think a lot of things to recommend it for. There are a couple of cons, some things to still keep in mind that if you're gonna if you're considering going the Windows route, 
could still be a little bit of an issue. Um, you mentioned, and I did too, about drivers and plug and play and all this. It is a lot better on Windows. It's still there though. Yeah. <laughs> there is still this this factor that Windows is kind of still, every time they do a new version of Windows, it feels like they're still just adding more layers of paint on top of the old Windows in the background. Yeah. So there's still a lot of times I run into some very archaic, trying to install a webcam and I've got to go through a lot of hoops and hurdles to configure a driver and install this other piece of software and got to go in and change something to make that work. It's a lot more, it's still a lot more tweaking than I'd like to do with windows. Um, it's a lot better, but I still feel like you, you've got to, you got to know a little bit more of what you're doing <laughs> to really make windows work the way you want it to. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. And and again, it's no knock on windows. There's a reason why, right. They have to be able to have this software that works with everything, <laughs> every yes. kind of hardware. And, uh, and it, it could do all the testing in the world before they put out a, a new version. Uh, and it would not have been enough because there are so many new unique cases out there. That's where Mac is in a little different, a little different world with that. Um, yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think vulnerability maybe is not as much of an issue as it used to be, you know, the, the, uh, the attacks, because now I think everybody understands that those things are possible. There is good virus software on both uh, operating systems, but um, yeah, so it's gotten much better. Much better. Well, because viruses and vulnerabilities are still a very, very big uh, issue for uh, concerns for people, I think it's worth noting the Windows Defender, which is their kind of antivirus protection security uh, program that's already built into Windows 10 and runs, and you can turn it on to run automatically, is good. It's really good. I mean, the Windows computers I run, that's what I leave on running. And it does a really pretty good job of finding those viruses, keeping everything up to date on your computer to make sure you're protected. So it's a lot less of this idea that you got to install all this other antivirus software just to keep your windows computer safe. And, uh, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is doing a really good job of keeping newer windows, uh, operating systems pretty, pretty safe. So if you have a windows computer and you're running windows on it, um, turning on that windows defender, I believe that's still the name for it is your kind of built in virus protection. And it will notify you every time it runs a scan to say, Hey, you're good. Haven't seen anything. Or, oops, here's a flag, something you may want to take a look at and let me help you get rid of it. So uh, it's good. It's good for that. So I'll, I like Windows. I do run Windows occasionally, uh, um, and uh, I like it. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty, pretty solid operating system now. Yep, yep, I agree. <clears throat> well, let's, let's go on to where our, uh, kind of our, our, our baby, our, our preference, the one that, you know, you and I pretty much were raised on. So I think that's going to have a lot to drive our personal opinions of. And we obviously in this show, we have been geared a little bit more to talking about Macs and Mac software and sure. Mac operating systems. So let's just go ahead and dig into it. You know, the Macintosh computer, Apple computers all run you know, your laptops or your desktops. They run Mac OS and uh, the Mac operating system. Uh, in theory, that's the only operating system you're really able to run on these computers. There are ways around that. There are some tweaks and hacks and some special programs that allow you to run Windows on a Macintosh computer. But in general, if you're just gonna go buy a computer today and you go buy a Mac, it is gonna have the Mac operating system. You yeah. can't get it with Windows or anything else on it. Uh, and vice versa on Windows, you can't get a Windows computer or buy a Dell or Asus or anything else at the store and get anything other than Windows. Um, you can't get Mac installed on that. So I think it's important to note, yep. there's a little bit of a silo you buy into when you go into the Mac operating system. Mm -hmm. But some of the things, Brian, why, why do you, why do you feel like you like the Mac operating system as a, as, as your preference? Yeah, I will say, I think, uh, I think it felt like initially they were really geared toward user-friendly at least they were trying to make this so that people could jump on and not need a lot of instruction to be able to do what they want to do. And they've become very kind of app centric to where if you want to run something, you want to do something, you click on the app and that thing happens. And rather than searching uh, for different, you know, layers of things to be able to get to it. Um, I also think that because you buy into an ecosystem when you buy Mac, it allows them to do a lot 
more to help your life. So yeah. they can start to do handholding on lots of different things. So all your devices, all your uh, functions that you want to do, it's constantly thinking of other ways that it can help you integrate all of these things together. And again, I think Windows would love to do that. But again, Windows has to deal with so many different <laughs> devices and so many different hardware types, whereas Mac does not. Mac keeps it all under their control, so therefore they can, you know, it's kind of the, that entire process from them to you is controlled, so therefore they, they can do more with you. So I feel like it's a little friendlier. Uh, I feel like for people who are not tech savvy initially, that it's easier to jump on and be able to use and not mess something up. I think that's the other thing with, with Windows. I think you can kind of get yourself into, you have control, so therefore you can get yourself into trouble as well. Um, so they're starting to integrate lots of different things together. They have their own software, which I don't know has completely done the greatest job when it comes to work, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, again, I what I will say about Windows really from Microsoft is that I still, my work is on Microsoft Office so therefore, yep. that is the work feature. I'm very happy that Mac can allow that to run because I would not be happy if I had to do all of my work with the Mac software only. Um, I just don't think that I would be as comfortable with doing pages and keynotes. Uh, those are great, but in a work environment where other people are on Windows, I think it's a lot more efficient to be on that as well. That's what you hit on right there is I think the fact that if you've got to work with other people. Yep sharing files, collaborating on files. Yeah, we're not there on the Mac side, but Windows, uh, Office, Microsoft Office is is still great for that. Yep. I love the Mac software, but only if I'm using it kind of on my own and right. I haven't shared it with anybody. I just want it to make it look good. Yep. I want a good looking document. I want a good looking spreadsheet. I want a great presentation. I love the Mac software for doing that. But the minute somebody asks me, well, can you send me a copy of that or let's work on this together? I'm like, okay, not going to, we're going to go PowerPoint and Excel yeah. and Word yep. to do that. So uh, uh, I think a distinction, just in case somebody's listening to this and they hear us talk about Microsoft and Office, understand Microsoft Office is software that Microsoft makes. It is not really directly connected to Windows. Microsoft makes operating system Windows. They also make Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. You install those separately. That's separate from Windows. It doesn't come automatically. Windows doesn't come automatically with all the Office installed. And just like that, you can also install Office on a Mac, which is by Microsoft. So that's a software product that is cross-platform where Windows is an operating system. So I know sometimes people kind of lump those together and think they're the same thing and they are, they are different. Um, couple other things on the Mac I'll say that I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, you mentioned some of the Mac software, and I agree. Some of it could be a little better. But Mac, because they control their whole ecosystem, if you're on the Mac OS, you have a lot more integration to a lot of other services. You know, they've rolled out Apple News. They've rolled out Apple Music. They've rolled out uh, Apple TV and Apple Arcade. All these other services, whether you like them or not, whether you think they're a good fit for you, the fact that they're so easily integrated into the Mac operating system without any headaches to deal with is really nice. So, for example, if, if I was an Apple News subscriber, which I did try it out during the trial, but the Apple News Plus, I guess, uh, you know, where you pay for the content, there is a news app on your on your Mac OS where you can open it up. And if you happen to be reading the news on your iPhone, it is perfectly in sync with the news on your computer and vice versa. You've bought into this system where things are more easily integrated with their services as well as their devices, iPads and iPhones. There's a lot more integration. Um, so it really, it is true. You can have a Windows computer and use an iPhone, but you are missing some integrations and some synergy between the two that you would gain if you had a Mac computer and an iPhone. So, um, so I like the integration. I like the, you know, it's free, which I think windows more or less is kind of moving to that same model. Yeah. I think once you buy a computer that has windows pre-installed, it's a perpetual license or getting to more of that where you don't have to pay for upgrades anymore. Mac is also free the, when they put out a new version of their operating system, you don't have to pay for it anymore. It's you get the new updates automatically. Um, 
so yeah, that's I think that's kind of the pros of the Mac OS right now uh, on on that side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still it's still geared. You mentioned earlier Windows historically was not known for artistic kind of artistic mm-hmm. work. I think Mac's still a little better with that. I think they're constantly still well, kind of, yeah. uh, building some of that in. But you're right; they both still they both do that. They both do it well. I think I think you can make a Windows machine work seamlessly like the Mac does, but you have to make it work. I mean, you have to go in and kind of connect and say that I'm going to do this, you know, this app that's going to work with this device and this app's going to do this for me. And you have that customization. I think with Mac, you have, uh, it, it tries to control what you're doing to, because it wants you to have the best experience. And so it knows that if it lets you run wild, you're going to have issues and it tries to minimize some of those issues. So I think that's, that's good. And and for someone that, you know, if I was going to have a family member, that's not that techie and want something to work, the Mac itself, even though both are going to work, the Mac makes it easier for me to say that's already built in, right? You know, yeah. you can use that. You can know you can view a PDF this way. It's already built in. And those things are in place to try to work and work well together rather than them saying, hey, I downloaded this app and I'm using this. And all of a sudden it started to crash my machine. That's much less likely to happen uh, on Agreed. on Mac. So I'll kind, of, I'll, I'll kind of let that roll into our cons of yeah. Mac OS, because as you mentioned, I mean, yes, it does try to do a lot more handholding. It does try to automatically route you where you want to go. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a problem. I, I can see some people sometimes getting a little turned off by everything being so almost trying to guide you and almost trying to like hook you up to a lot of their services and things for you, which you may not want to do. So really when it comes to cons, I will say, I think there's still a little bit of lack of customization. There's a few things I wish I could go in and do more tweaking and more uh, modifying the way the Mac OS works. And, you know, I'm one of the guys that loved it for when there was a period of time back in, I think in the early nineties when you could actually buy a stock computer and install um, like a off non Apple branded computer and install Mac OS on it. Mm-hmm. They had that time period where they would let you that let you do that on some certain machines. I wish that I, I had more flexibility with the hardware. Right? Yeah. yeah. I love the Mac hardware, but sometimes you are paying, paying a much higher premium for the Mac hardware and uh, it would be nice sometimes to it would be nice to have a media server computer just an old pc that i could or an old uh, computer that I can install mac os on and run and uh, just configure it the way i want to with the amount of ram the amount of storage and everything you just don't have those those options anymore with the mac they're even on their store your options are pretty limited as far as configurations and once you get a configuration it's extremely hard on many of their models to go and make changes. So if you lock into the OS, you're kind of locked into that hardware a lot of times. And uh, it's great. I mean, again, like you said, Brian, if somebody was looking for just fresh new, I need a new computer, what should I go with Windows or Mac? Unless in my mind, if there was no compelling reason for them to go Windows because of any other connectivity to other people, or they already had a Windows uh, or a Google phone, or something else that would be a better fit for Windows, I would say you go Mac. Um, if you don't want to tinker with things, you don't want to worry about configuring it, you don't want to, uh, you want it to work with your iPhone, you want it to work with your iPad, Mac is to me the obvious recommendation. But um, but I can see some people who want to spend a little more time under the hood, do a little more tweaking, get a little more uh, knowledgeable about what's going on in the computer may find themselves uh, hitting some brick walls or hitting some limitations they don't like. And if you don't like that sense of being stuck in a Mac ecosystem primarily, then I think, uh, yeah, you can look at other options like windows, but Mac well, is still going to be when I go for you people. In the last episode about the, uh, those who might use a desktop, right? Gamers, well, gamers, gamers are not going to use Mac. Right. So no. a gamer is gamers not going to buy a Mac machine in order to do their gaming right now. Of course, it has arcade built in and all that so some different things, but you, you know, you're going to have people do windows because they get to tweak what they want to tweak. They get to change what they want to change. They get to use the hardware they want to use. Um, and to do that on a Mac, you're right. You have to spend a lot of money to get the device that you can actually configure. And, and it's just not, it's not, 
not worth it for 99% of the world to do. So, but I think uh, Mac's great. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't think I'll ever leave Mac uh, myself yeah. in terms of an operating system on a day to day. There'd have to be a lot, there'd have to be something really, really good to kind of pull me away from that. Uh, or they yep. start um, really bad. So. Yeah. I was going to say somebody's got to do something drastic. Either windows has to take a huge leap forward or Mac has to take a really big stumble or, or change something that turns us all off to, to kick us off that platform right now. I agree. Yeah. Well, Brian, so that's windows and Mac. And I'd say collectively those two make up, wouldn't you say 90% yeah. of computer sales right now? Uh, most all software that comes out nowadays, you know, Hey, if you even get software, I mean, I think we're moving to a world where more and more of the programs you get are going to be online and available, either download or running through a web interface anyway. Um, but you know, you can't go wrong with a windows or Mac nowadays, especially with so much on the internet and so much done, uh, um, through, uh, through the net, your networking, either, either device is going to do you really well. Yep. Let's go ahead though and talk about um, one one type of uh, operating system that is a little different, and is something that you're going to find if you go into your um, Best Buy or other electronic stores and you're looking at computers, you are going to see Chromebooks running Google Chrome operating system, right? So, tell me a little bit about this, Brian. What 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 exactly makes this different than maybe the Mac or Windows operating system? So. Yeah, the the good the good part about a Chromebook is that you imagine what you're buying is a shell, and the shell is simply just a keyboard and a monitor to access things that are elsewhere. Um, okay. So think about um, all the things that we just talked about: apps. You're downloading apps uh, on a on a Mac or a, a PC. You're running that application. You're doing all the processing on your on your machine. Imagine if that app was on the web somewhere and all the documents were on the web somewhere and all you were doing was walking up to a shell of a computer and accessing everything and running everything elsewhere, which means technically that computer could, you could drop it, break it, go to another Google Chrome, log in, and you're accessing all the same stuff. So you didn't lose anything. Uh, So really this, you're buying access through the Google platform to information that's on the web, to services that are on the web. And there's very little that's actually on this device. Um, So you talked about in the previous episode about netbooks and then leading to Chromebooks. Um, You know, there's there's a reason why a lot of schools have gone to Chromebooks being what their students receive to be able to do their work because they know students are going to damage those computers and if they damage them, there's nothing lost, right? All they have to do is give them another one and say, log into this one with your account and you're accessing everything that's stored online. So really this is kind of a, an internet an internet device yeah. that is accessing uh, applications as well as uh, documents, as well as content online and basically streaming it to your device. Um I think it's, I honestly, I think it's a great product that needs to be in the market and it's very useful for a number of different people, Um, you know, for kids, right? If you have kids that you're looking to, to, to get something that you want, Hey, I don't want them to have a lot of valuable stuff on that computer that if they lose it or break it, it's gone. Let's give them something that everything that they do is elsewhere and I can have lots of controls on it. So that's what a Google Chromebook is. It's that you have to have a Google account. You log into this Chromebook and you are accessing all the Google services such as Google Docs. So it has its own version of you know Office, basically, um, storage, uh, web browsing. It's got its suite of apps that you're you're accessing. So uh, that's basically well, what know, it is. Yeah. yeah. The way I kind of described it to somebody is, you know, I said... Uh, Imagine if you pull up on your computer now, you go to Gmail on a website and you're viewing all your mail and then you flip over to your Google Docs and you're playing with, you're viewing your Google documents and managing those. And then you maybe flip over to YouTube and then you flip over to, um, uh, let's say, uh, some other website that you visit. If that's your, if that's basically your computer 
experience. So that's what you do on a regular basis is, you know, you, you get your Gmail through uh, for your email. You're watching videos on YouTube. You are uh, working on Google Docs and sharing and creating documents. If that is your life, a Chromebook will do all of that for you. And you can get by with a much, much smaller price tag on a device. And everything you just described is there available on the web, uh, on the internet for you to access and work with on your Chromebook. Um, but the minute you say, well, I also need to download documents and I want to keep a document files on my local computer and I want to, um, I want to do some video editing or heavy video editing. I want to do some heavy graphics development or create things. Um, once you start getting into that realm of things, things you can't already do on a website or the internet, then you're finding the limitation of what a Chromebook will do. And, uh, so if you can do it on the web right now, if you can do it on an internet web browser, you'll be able to do it on a Chromebook. And, uh, that's kind of the way it's set up. I agree. I think it's a great concept. Again, I'm, I'm not a user of it because too much of what I do requires local computing power. It's not available on the internet yet. But it will be. I totally know it will be. I know we're probably a few years away from when we could actually hop online and start viewing live video and editing live video and manipulating it on an internet browser type of environment. And I get excited a bit thinking about that. We're just not there yet. So it is, you have to really think about, can the things you need to do on a computer be done on a web browser or internet browser right now? And if the answer is yes, then you can get the same things done on a Chromebook and it may be a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, there are Chromebooks, the hardware, there are Chromebooks that are laptops. There are Chromebooks that are desktops. It's really the operating systems, what we're talking about. The, when you see something that is Google Chrome as being the system, you'd have to have to realize that's totally different than Windows and Mac as an operating system. This is where you must have a Google account and when you log into your machine, you are logging into your Google account and it is then taking you to a, basically a, uh, a portal to show you the online version of these things. Now I will say I, uh, uh, my father-in-law, I, uh, we got him on a Chromebook because, you know, he had a windows PC for a very long time and it kind of had some issues. He also, you know, tends to check his email a lot and was getting a lot of viruses down on his machine. Well, with something like a Chromebook, you don't get viruses because nothing's coming onto your machine. So you are yeah. just looking at things online. So there is no virus that's going to be downloaded. There is really no problem. I mean, the I would imagine, even though these things are typically cheaper and maybe there's not as much kind of uh, the, 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 the device itself may not be as solid, um, but it also isn't doing as much. So therefore it may last longer as long as you take care of the machine. So a desktop version of this, I think is great for some people because I had imagined that machine's going to work great for many years because the updating is happening online. The machine right. has to have very little computing power. It just needs to be able to have a really good internet connection and be able to, to view it. So um, I think it's really slick for certain people. Yeah. I completely agree. Now you, you hit on something just now in passing that I think we need to kind of go ahead and bring up as a con, a couple of things to keep in mind. Well, one, it is a different type of environment. So just note that it is really for people who can do everything they need to do computing wise on the web, on the internet, on a browser type of environment. Um, the other thing you mentioned too, I mean, you do have to have internet yeah. all the time to use this thing. So that's the one thing to keep in mind too, is if you find yourself in situations where you don't have access to the internet, there is no computer running <laughs> in that box. If you don't have the internet, I mean, that, that is, it is solely dependent on being internet connected. Now it can be through a mobile hotspot on a phone. It can be through a cell phone signal, all that, but it has to have some connection to the internet. Otherwise you, you don't really have anything. There's yeah. really nothing you can do with the device at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, um, and then also speed, I mean, speed, if you're interested in like really working as fast as possible, the speed of the computer is going to be dependent on the speed of your internet. So if you are wanting to work on a, on a, uh, word doc, well, not word document, but a Google docs document, and you're really wanting to kind of go quick on it, but you're on a dial up or a mobile type of, uh, internet connection at the, wherever you are it's going to be a slow experience because of the speed of your internet. If you're on a super fast internet, 
it'll work probably and feel just like working on a regular desktop computer. So uh, you do have a couple things you got to really keep in mind. I don't recommend a Chromebook for anybody that doesn't have an internet connection everywhere they go. Yeah. Just like I don't recommend it for somebody who needs to do some higher end computer work. Um, but if those two things don't apply to you, you have internet everywhere you would want to use this and you don't need anything that you can't do in a web browser, then the Chromebook is a great, great option. Plus it's super cheap. So yep. Uh, yep. you can't beat that. It's cheap. And, and again, I go back to imagine you, um, you're worried about buying this for a kid, for someone in your family, right? You've got a child that you're like, I want them to have a computer to do their work, but I know how they treat their devices, right? And so just think about this. If you were to go and have the, the kid accidentally drops this in the bathtub and it's, it's done, right? You literally have lost nothing except yeah. that hardware, right? Go yeah. buy another, buy another one or get it replaced. And you are picking up exactly where you left off. There is zero reinstalling. There is zero of the reconfiguration. You log in and you are ready to go because it is accessing your Google settings, your Google docs, your Google drive, your do all it, everything is, is online. So, uh, I think there, there's something for certain people, the way in which you're going to be using the device. If you've got internet all the time, it can be a, a nice way of approaching that. Even if you said to yourself, hey, I'm only going to pay $200 for this instead of paying a couple thousand for this, then I have the ability to buy a new one every two years and mm -hmm. not worry about it getting beat up in the meantime. And you're still out better in 10 years oh, than yeah. you have been buying one of the shoes. Oh, from a cost comparison, there's no different. There, there's no, there's no, no comparison. Yeah. I mean, it is going to get you out so much less money. You just really need to make sure you've got that, that internet connection everywhere you need to be. And, uh, you're good to go. And keep in mind, you couldn't go and, uh, uh, download or purchase a program or an application at the general store, whatever like that. I mean, you are, you are basically kind of limited on here to using whatever applications can run within the website environment. Which granted, there's more and more of those every day. So that's actually a growing uh, variety of things you can do. Uh, you know, this would not have been a good ish, uh, opportunity, you know, five, 10 years ago when applications weren't really able to run through the internet and the web very well. You had to constantly download new software and install it on your computer. You couldn't do that on a Chromebook. But again, if you go to a website like a YouTube, obviously you can go to YouTube on a Chromebook and play videos and it plays just like it would on a desktop computer or laptop. And uh, because there's nothing being installed on your computer, it is all running through the website itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's great. And I definitely think it's a great harbinger of where we hopefully will go. Kind of you and I talked in our last episode of kind of our dream scenarios of ubiquitous computing on any workstation device you walk up to and you either log in or you maybe hold your phone up to it and it just knows who you are and it loads all your preferences and shows you your desktop and all. Chromebook is the closest realization of that we've got right now. And uh, for many, many people, it's going to be a great option. Yep. That's great. Good. <clears throat> Brian, we do have one other operating system we were going to mention and we put it at the end intentionally because honestly, if you are listening to the show, my guess is going to be, this is not going to be anything of interest to you, but let's go ahead and mention <laughs> it anyway. Talking about Linux. Okay? Linux. Yeah. Linux. Linux is an operating system. It is different than Windows, different than Mac, different than Chrome. Uh, it is its own operating system. It is a graphical interface in most cases, uh, if you choose to have it for a computer that you can install. Most computers that can run Windows can probably also run Linux if you wanted to install it on there. Um, and it has you know, an interface, you can have folders, you can have desktop, you can have file storage, all the things you can do with a Mac or Windows operating system. But it is definitely geared towards people who really want to get in under the hood and create something very unique or custom yeah. or yeah. have a very, very uh, deep computing experience. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you won't hear anyone talking about Linux unless they're a computer person and they are saying, you know what, I'm so frustrated with Mac and Windows being for the the broad, you know, people and they Consumers. put all these other, yeah. you know, rosy things on there. I want to get down to business 
and maybe they have a Linux machine or a Linux box that they're using from home. Uh, yeah, it's not to, not anything that really you need to spend much time on, other than it's yeah. it's rock solid for those that use it, and it's oh, yeah. not going to get uh, many problems. Uh, but it's not for the average user. You know, this is not something that the average user should be jumping into. Um, this is for someone who wants to make their own computer at home, wants to run something that is very solid. Maybe decides to run it on Linux, which is very efficient, and it's going to run without you know, incredible processing power or processing uh, demands. So, uh, but but if you see, you know, for example, someone's on Craigslist and says, hey, there's a machine here that's pretty inexpensive and it's running Linux, you're not going to want to do that, right? Unless you are someone who understands what you can and can't do with that and you know the simplicity of it. You're not going to be able to get some of the same maps and all of that. So anyway, just yeah. stay away from it unless uh, you are someone that <laughs> knows away. what you're doing. <laughs> no, I mean, again, I use Linux. I, yeah. I run a, I have a visual display system at a facility that all the individual boxes cooked up to every screen across the center is running Linux. So I have to hop in there occasionally and no, it's, it's extremely powerful and it's great if you know what you're doing with it. But again, it's not designed for consumers. It's not right. designed for uh, general computer end users. Okay. So Linux, uh, if you know, you need Linux, you're probably not listening to this show Correct. and we get it. Correct. Um, yeah. So anyway, we'll just leave it at that. Cool. So Brian, that's really the, I'm going to say three main operating systems. If somebody walked into a Best Buy or a computer shop, that's the three options they're probably going to see in front of them, Mac, Windows, or uh, Google Chrome, and mm -hmm. pros and cons with each. Again, I it, it was a different world 10 years ago. I would have been very, very uh, hesitant to recommend anything other than Mac. Nowadays, I don't have a problem recommending Windows if it makes sense for somebody and what other things they own or other connections they need to make to other computers. Um, Windows is a good, solid operating system that I, I find myself enjoying using when I use it now. Um, still, my preference is Mac, just like you said, yours is too. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be my first choice recommendation if somebody says, I just need a great, easy computer to hop in and do some things with. I'll do a lot of web surfing. I want to maybe play around with some photos and video. Um, I don't have a work environment I need to network to that's windows driven, you know, all those things. If you ask me just point blank, give me something, a fun, easy computer to get into. I'd say go with a Mac computer, but, um, you know, but and, I, and if you're interested, the interested in the ecosystem, if you're interested in the ecosystem, I mean, going all you in on the ecosystem is, is yeah. great. It really is a, a beautiful synergy that they have created. So, yep. It really is. And then Google Chrome, I think, is going to be the one to watch the most to see mm -hmm. as internet speeds get faster across the country and as more and more work we do is online. Um, yeah, this will, this will, this could be Google Chrome and that type of variation of an online operating system could really be where some exciting things happen in the future. We're not yeah. quite there yet for most yeah. people, but. We're going to get there soon, I think. So. Well, and I think right. I think both of the other companies, Microsoft and Apple will end up creating their own version of this when it catches oh, on, absolutely. right? I mean, that's what yeah. their OS system or their iOS systems, the the mobile systems are kind of trying to do. It's like, hey, listen, we're going to assume you're already going to have an internet. So we're going to put as little on your devices needed to be able to keep it super smooth. And um, you can do everything else through uh, uh, through the web. So, yeah. Well, Brian, if you think about it, even on the Mac side, their iCloud account mm -hmm. is kind of tiptoeing in that direction. If you have an iCloud account on a Mac, um, which is kind of almost a requirement now in a way, I think when you get a Mac to really be able to do a lot with your account, they want you to set up a free iCloud.com account. But you can go on their website, iCloud.com, log in with your iCloud address, and you see your email, you see your contacts, you see um, some of the general apps that they can share with you. And it, it looks just like the interface of a Chromebook. I mean, that's really kind of what they've started building. Now, granted, I can't go in there and do a lot uh, too much yet, but I know there is a version of Pages that is an online iCloud version. Um, so I can actually go in and do some word processing through a web browser. The interface is already there. Uh, it's just it's when Apple decides to release a device that is a internet-only um, operating system version where you can go and buy a cool Mac laptop that just runs the internet version of the uh, operating system can probably be a lot cheaper, maybe a lighter device. Um, 
it's going to be kind of interesting when that all happens. So yeah, I agree. I think we're on the the early stages of it, but I'm excited to see where they go with the operating systems in the future. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Great. Ryan, we're going to take a really quick break. Okay. And then when we come back, we, we come back for the thing that I think, again, it's kind of our, our favorite thing to do here on the show. We do this every episode is our bits, our brothers in tech suggestions, something we want to recommend for you. Um, just going to go ahead and spoil it for you. Both of them are Mac related ones. So sorry, guys. <laughs> so they are both Mac ones. If you're a Windows user, uh, you're okay to shut off the episode at this point because we're not going <laughs> to recommend something you can use at the end. I'm sorry. Uh, but we're going to have a couple of uh, bits uh, for you here after the break. You're listening to Brothers in Tech. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay. Forgot to do an ad break earlier, but this will be yeah, fine. That's all right. So. That's okay. All right, and we'll go ahead and jump into those. All right, starting back then in three, two. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Alan and Brian Jackson here with you. We've been talking operating systems for the last little bit during this episode, kind of comparing the three main operating systems that you may encounter if you're in the market for a new computer or looking to make a change. But we have arrived at the point of our show now, Brian, where we like to have our brothers in tech suggestions, or if you do the acronym, it is BITS, which I think was just ingenious, Brian. Really? Probably one of the probably one of the proudest moments I've had of you as a brother. Thank you. Is when you came up with that that acronym. Thank you. I really, yeah. do. I really haven't done anything since then, but I'm going no, oh, to. No, I know. <laughs> I, I'm painfully aware of that. But that one shining moment you had, I think, is going to uh, carry you for quite a while. So yeah, that's great. I'm going to hang on to it. Well, well so, with that privilege, Brian, why don't you go ahead and tell us your bits for the episode? Yeah. So you you mentioned uh, these are Mac, uh, Mac applications that we are going to talk about. Um, it, there's a. So I have a. I have a, a deep need for constantly checking out new applications uh, on my computer, thinking that I can find maybe a more efficient, more effective way of doing things. Um, mm -hmm. And I like trying lots of different things. Uh, calendar, you know, the calendar that comes on Apple is great and it's gotten better, uh, but I'm always thinking there is more that I can do with it and more interest. And so I'm looking for ways to, to make my life a little bit more efficient. And I started using uh, probably, I don't know, a couple of years ago, uh, an app called Fantastical. And Fantastical is a, it's basically a substitute for your calendar that's built into your Mac computer. And I'll tell you the one reason that I went looking for this app originally was that I wanted quick access to my calendar through the menu, through the menu bar. That was my only thing is I want That's to be it. able to, as I'm typing an email, I want to be able to quickly look and see the calendar to know, oh, what is next Tuesday? And uh, Fantastica allows you to do that. So it has a, uh, a full window version of your calendar, just like uh, the, uh, the calendar app has. But I have a keystroke, you know, mine is Shift-Command-C, that at any point in time, I can click those keys and it, the calendar drops down from the menu at top so I can see. I can also quickly enter uh, something and I can do it in natural language. So I can say, uh, meet with Alan and educate him on technology at 1 p.m. today, right? <laughs> and I just type that in and it basically puts that in, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I know you've got something to say there. No, I've got nothing. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm actually, never, I'm in, I'm in dreamland or something. I was gonna say, I'm, I'm going to decline that invitation very, very quickly. <laughs> I don't need it. Um, but that was really important to me is that I could see uh, the calendar. I could have that. And there's lots of those little drop down apps. And although I love the fact that it has a drop down menu, it really does a lot more than that. It's got a full set of features that are that are really, really powerful. Uh, it's also integrated really well across your devices. So there's an iOS uh, for your phone. It's got a watch app for those that have an Apple Watch uh, that gives you a little bit more depth than the regular calendar app. Um, I just think it's, it's great. And it's one of those companies that when they create a really good app, I don't mind paying them some money. Uh, I think right now it's maybe three or $4 a month if you choose to do the monthly subscription, but you can also get the free version. You can download the free version, which allows you to do most things uh, with just one calendar. But I, I happen to 
kind of juggle and balance a lot of different calendars. Uh, I will say the iOS app of this thing is really, really good. So the the phone app, the the iPad app, it's just incredibly slick. It, the, the views of it are uh, a little bit cleaner and it gets to the information that you want uh, a little faster. So, so I'd I'll, like I'll Fantastic Helm. Yeah. I've been intrigued by Fantastic Helm and any kind of just other calendar app. I'm still pretty mentally locked into just the Mac built-in calendar right now. And I've, but I felt like I've needed something more, but I've tried to find what the justification is for going into something different. Well, let me just ask you this. So in terms of calendar collaboration with others, inviting other people Mm -hmm. to to meetings, or if somebody shares a calendar with you and be able to see it uh, superimposed on your calendar, I mean, all that. Everything works. Everything works just like, yep. Yep. It works. And actually, you won't notice a ton of difference from the the actual full screen app uh, when you pull it up <clears throat> from the the normal Mac calendar. Uh, there's some really cool little features like that came out with the most recent one, where if I'm looking at the week uh, ahead and I'm looking Sunday to to Saturday, it'll show me the weather at the top of each day, so it continues mm. to update that. So as I pull that up, I can see that as I'm starting to plan ahead as what I'm going to be doing uh, later in the week. Um, yeah, submitting uh, or sending out an invite works exactly the same. You connect your okay. different calendars that I've got a Google calendar in there. I've got a, an exchange calendar um, and they integrate fairly well. I think there's some other nice things that it will do. If you've got a duplicate calendar event, you know, it lays them on top of each other. So visually, it's not as disturbing to see these multiple mm. things. Um, but I tell you, I, I keep coming back to, I was willing to pay the money initially. And I think it, it, when I got into it a couple of years ago, it was maybe a $20 app to have the full yeah. version. I was totally willing to do that just from the, the menu bar calendar, the ability to mm. be able to have my calendar drop down from the menu, see it, and also yeah. scroll through my list of to do's and the, and I could easily pull it, you know, drop it down type in, I want to do this this afternoon, click enter, and it's already on my calendar. So uh, really, really slow. Well, so. And that says a lot because Brian, I know you're a, you're a cheapskate. And, uh, <laughs> $20 don't, was a lot for me to- I was going to say, you put down 20 bucks? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, but yeah. it does mean, it does say a lot because I know you were also very, very sp- uh, specific about the apps you want to use. Yep. Yep. And uh, calendar is obviously a big function to know that you are- bought in on this one it says a lot so yeah i'm actually gonna check it out i i've skirted with it i've seen the demos i've watched the webs read the website just never felt like i could make the jump but um i like the mac calendar built in it there's enough little quirks here and there on things that calls me to say maybe there's a better way yeah yeah well i strongly advise i don't think i don't think there's any way that you'll be disappointed um Except for the fact that it is now a subscription, which I have a hard time plopping down subscriptions, but, uh, yeah. but I think it's, I think it's worth it. Uh, give it a shot. Okay. All right. What do you got, right. Alan? So also on the kind of the same vein, it is a Mac app and it is also something that can run up in your menu bar. So kind of got that consistency going there. Um, we talked about my love for backup, which People have scoffed and said, look, I don't understand, Alan, why you enjoy the idea of backing up your computer and backing up multiple different ways is so exciting to you. Okay, well, for those people, I'm going to throw out another love of mine that probably they will find just as ridiculous and mundane, but I still love it. I love and I'm obsessed with the idea of my computer staying as efficient and well run as possible. Okay. Uh, nothing bums me out more than to know that there's a lot of wasted hard drive junk on uh, stuff on my hard drive, taking up space or that my computer's running slow for some reason, because there's things running in the background that I don't know about and trying to get rid of. So clean my Mac is an app that I use not daily, but I'd say probably on a weekly basis, I'm pulling this thing out and giving it a run. It started out years ago. I know as an app I had that is was solely focused on kind of, cleaning unnecessary junk off your computer. Like if you had a lot of old cache files that were stored in your system that you don't really know that take up a lot of your hard drive space, it would get rid of those. It can help you find large files that maybe you don't really need to have on your computer anymore. 
it did a great job of cleaning up things on your computer for you, but they've expanded the app over the last several years to where now it is to me indispensable. I use it and love it. And not only that, it's just, it's a joy to use the way they've designed this app and how the interface works and intuitive and easy and everything else. So this app right now, when you fire it up, clean my Mac, it does still the cleanup process where it'll scan your computer and say, look, here's a bunch of system junk that's on your computer that you don't really need. Occasionally I'll find a couple gigabytes of stuff that is just really ready to throw away for me off my computer, which is great. I just feel better knowing that there's not a lot of junk accumulated in the background. Um, it'll scan your email to say if there's any really large mail attachments, maybe like in your sent mail folder that you may want to get rid of. If you think about it, every time you send an email to somebody and you attach a file, it is storing another copy of that file in your email. And if your email is all stored on your computer, you've got more multiple file copies of that same file just building up in your email. So it can go through and help purge some of those large email attachments out too. But then they added some things over time. Um, they have an optimization feature where it will go through and run some maintenance scripts on your computer to kind of tidy it up and keep it running as smooth as possible. Um, it has an uninstaller, which allows you to say whenever you want to uninstall an app, you really should use a program like this that's going to go and not just throw away that main application off your computer, but it's going to throw away all the supporting files and extensions and other little stuff in your system to really give you a clean uninstall of that application. Um, and then they added just recently, fairly recently, I think maybe in the last year, malware removal. So they'll actually scan your computer to see if there's any malware, meaning you know, bad uh, scammy type software or things that have been downloaded to your computer. It's going to scan and it's going to help you purge that as well. So it really is kind of a one app to do everything maintenance wise you need to do on your computer, on your Mac, on a regular basis. Um, when you open it up, you can have it do a kind of a smart scan up front where it's going to go ahead and just do a scan of your computer and tell you all the things it can do for you to say, hey, I'm going to clear out this amount of junk. I'm going to scan for these viruses. I'm going to tidy up and optimize your computer, make it run a little better and all that. And you can just say, yep, go and do it. And it will just run through all those tasks in one routine, which is great. Um, it does also, you can turn on the little menu bar icon. So up in your top menu bar, you've got a little Mac icon. I can pop and drop it down. And not only does it give me a quick way to open up, clean my Mac and run it, but it will even show me in this little utility what applications are using a lot of my memory, what's using a lot of my computer power right now. Uh, if I'm running on battery, it tells me what may be sucking down the most battery power. So I can actually go and tell it to quit those applications from this little menu bar app. So I can always make sure I'm kind of keeping myself running as smooth as possible. Um, I, I love, love, love this app. And uh, it is part of the setup subscription, which is how I'm paying for it, which means I'm paying $9.99 a month for my setup subscription. And as part of that, this is one of the over 100 apps I could choose to install. This to me is probably the one the most valuable. This is the one I, I absolutely have to run on my Mac. And if I were to get a new Mac, it would be one I would run, install on it right away. So Brian uh, uses that. I do. I do. And uh, I, I started using it after you kind of convinced me to to jump into the setup and try that yeah. because of my, because, well, two reasons, because of my love for trying new apps and because yeah. of my uh, disdain for paying for them. And so at least I now pay for one thing and I don't have to feel guilty about trying all these new apps. Um, yeah. But no, this is the one that I, if I had to stop the setup right now, this is the one that I would I would go and potentially pay for it's again. Still going pay for it. Yeah. Well, every week, you know, it pops up and says, "Hey, it's time to run some weekly things." You know, do you want to do that? Yep, run it. And uh, and as you said, we've talked about it before, but uh, you know, even as something as simple as testing your internet speed, you know, dropping down the the menu app and looking over at your network speed, you can see how much is going up, how much is coming down at any given time. Plus, I can click on the test speed. And it'll do its own little speed test. Now I do, I do see the numbers that come from that are a little different, a little wonky sometimes, but it gives me a very quick idea of what my speed is at any given time. Yeah. And I, I just think it's fantastic. I think it's one of those it things is. that if you're, 
if you're like you're trying lots of different things and you're you know potentially kind of running your computer ragged a little bit this is a really good thing to have that'll make sure that you're trying to keep it up to shape so i think it's great well and i'm also a big fan of any app that can consolidate a lot of smaller app utilities into one so with this one you know knowing that it can not only help me save hard drive space it can also check for malware and viruses and keep it yep. keep my privacy intact on my computer it can optimize it and just the fact that it's also an uninstaller which is so great um you know there's a lot of times i'll see an app that i don't i have on my computer i'll go to the uninstaller just on maybe once a month and just say look are there any apps on here that i installed a long time ago that i don't ever use and really don't want to keep up with and I can look and see, and it'll show me how often I use these apps and say, oh, here's a few I barely ever use. Click the button, uninstall it. And I know it's going to get all the actual yep. uh, deep files on my system for that app and get it a nice clean and uninstall instead of down the road, I'll find there's a bunch of stuff still running in the background for an app that I thought I uninstalled, but I didn't really do it right. So um, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a wonderful app. I love it. Love the interface. I wish more apps ran like this. So it's great. Agreed. Agreed. Good. Very good. All right. That is our brothers in tech suggestion. So Brian had Fantastical calendar app for your Mac. And I had Clean My Mac, a utility app for the Mac. Again, sorry to our Windows, Google Chrome, or Linux friends and listeners out there. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 we want to make as many good suggestions as we can, but, you know, we're still going to kind of flip back to our Mac preferences occasionally. So uh, we apologize for that. So, Brian, I think we're done for this episode. We've talked about operating systems for quite a while. I know we have another deep dive episode coming up soon where we're going to be talking about computer specs. And when we're saying specs, we're talking like, what is CPU? What is memory and RAM versus hard drive space? And kind of what are some things you need to keep in mind when you're purchasing a computer device? Yep. We need to look at these specs. So that's what we're going to dig into in our next deep dive episode. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's yeah. That, that is important information and stuff that usually people don't know enough about to make a yeah. informed decision. So that's great. Absolutely. So if anybody wants to talk with us about the operating systems or have any questions or need some feedback, how can they, uh, how can they do so? Yeah. Send us a, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv info at the mesh.tv and, uh, let us know uh, if you have any suggestions for future episodes or um, information that you want to disagree with us about, or maybe you've got some great use for uh, for a Linux uh, application that you want us to share with that uh, very small group of people that might uh, want that. Yes. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So info at the mesh.tv. Yeah, wonderful. Please reach out to us. Let us know questions or even thoughts and ideas on the future topics we can be covering. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. But again, we will be uh, back with another deep dive very soon. So please stay tuned. Uh, if you haven't already and you enjoy listening to us, I do encourage you to go online and subscribe to the show. It's a simple way of just uh, subscribing through the podcast catcher of your choice, whether it's Apple podcast, Google podcast. I know um, Pandora has got podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all these other services are now carrying podcasts. Just search for Brothers in Tech and hit the subscribe button and you can make sure you get every new episode automatically downloaded to your device to listen to. We really do appreciate that. So for Alan Jackson and Brian Jackson, I'm saying thank you for listening to Brothers in Tech and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.